The Real Estate Unsuccess Stories podcast features people from the real estate community sharing real stories about their struggles, pains, and even losses during their own real estate journey. We share these real experiences so you can learn from them and build a successful journey of your own. Now, here's your host, Cody Lewis, one of the managing partners at Vindu Capital, located in Charleston, South Carolina. Just to pull back the curtain a little bit for our audience, Tamara and I have probably been talking for the last like 30 minutes. I have gotten a dissertation in short-term rentals. So I'm so excited to have you on. I'm really excited to have our guests listen to your story, your message today. But before we do, we're always huge fans of doing a quick intro. So just for those listening, maybe watching at home, we have Tamara Jones, the CEO and founder of Bucket List Days LLC. And she's joining us today. Origin story. We love them. Everyone has a unique background. So we'd love to understand where you're from, how you got into real estate, and what do you find yourself doing these days? Okay, I love it, Cody. And of course, we get asked that all the time, right? You know, where do we get started? How do we get here? And I'll tell you that actually, I am an ex-veteran. So I departed out of the military. I was living in Hawaii, doing pretty good. I actually had a a little permanent job there, which was very hard for people that are non-locals to get. But out of the military, and I ended up with a federal position with the government, a federal position as a paralegal with the the government. And that brought me back to Atlanta. Now, you know, fast forward here in Atlanta, had two babies, was working as a paralegal, and the federal government doesn't pay a whole lot, especially if you're coming off of, you know, having a stipend for, you know, Hawaii living and things like that. And so I, I looked around and I said, what can I do? But it needs to be passive because I'm already tied up with my family and I'm already tied up with my full-time job. And I, I was looking into like couch surfing at the time, it's couch surfing and things like that. And I put my room up for rent on Airbnb back in 2015 when it wasn't so sexy the way it is now and wasn't so popular. All you had to do is just kind of had a, have a Polaroid back there. <laughs> back then they put your, 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 your room up and things like that. And the amount of money that that room was bringing in started to pay my mortgage. It started to cover the mortgage. And I wasn't, I totally was not expecting that. I was thinking that it was going to be our pocket change. It was going to be some things where I could live, you know, have a little fun without touching anything in the savings, kind of like that. And when I saw what it started to do, this was after about a year, what it was doing as far as covering the bills for the home, I thought, what does the entire unit do? If if my room is doing this, my room is covering this mortgage. If I went out and got an entire unit for a short-term rental as a short-term rental, what kind of money does that bring in? And so that is kind of where I started. I went out seeking mentorship. I went out to YouTube, YouTube University, which there was some things on YouTube, but it wasn't a whole lot like it is now. And I started to seek out as much information as I could seek out. And I came across a mentor, someone who actually had a company, which was rare back then. And all they did was short-term rentals. And they had a pretty hefty inventory. And I talked to them about, hey, I would like to go out and get another unit. And they actually brought me into the company because I had a skill set that I could barter with. So I did like their permitting check, their zone checks and things like that. And by the, the time that I was, you know, had spent some time in the company, which was three years with the company, I had touched everything. I touched setups, you know, I did the sourcing, zones, permits, 
guest relations, everything you could think of, bookkeeping, everything you could think of in that business. I took it as an opportunity, not, you know, as a, uh, you know, as a burden that I'm doing this because I wasn't really getting paid, you know, a whole lot. I was getting opportunities to learn. And that's what I did until going independent with my own company and my own inventory. So that's kind of where I started at. Yeah. Well, I love it. And we're always big fans of origin stories here. What's really important for hopefully for folks to hear at home is that, you know, you took something that you were doing with your normal W-2 nine to five job and you parlayed that into a skill set that got your foot in the door at a company and then leveraged that as an opportunity to learn even more. I hear a lot, whether it's through this or, or we have a local meetup that we do and we get a lot of questions there, too, about like how to get started. What can they do? And I think people underestimate and undersell the value that they can bring or a skill set that they may have, that it may not be much in the beginning, but it can at least get their foot in the door, which is all you should need to then go and grow and learn. And I love your trajectory and path of you started with the thing that you knew how to do permits and and contracts and all that kind of stuff from your paralegal background and then said, hey, I want to learn more. Put me in front of this. Let me help with that. And you traded your time for for education, which ultimately paid off to where you're at today. That's absolutely how it went, Cody. And I'm glad you I'm glad you highlighted that because I do see a lot of people seeking it, the knowledge of it. But some of it is just following, just volunteer some of your time. You have a skill set, swap it with someone. You know, you might be a designer. I'm just making things up. You might be a CPA, you know, things like that. Just swap out your time and a lot of times those partnerships happen like that as well. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there, there's a plethora of different things that you can do. And, and whether it, it's a trade that you have, something from your nine to five W2 that you can bring, or just a hobby that you have on the side that mm-hmm. may be beneficial because you're maybe not an expert, but you're pretty, pretty skilled at it. You can usually mm-hmm. do that and trade off some of that skill set that you do have and do bring to the table to do something. It may not pay off in the short term real big, but it can definitely pay off in the long run. Tamara, I would love to sit here and talk about all the great stuff that you've done in your career thus far and what you what your trajectory looks like, but we're a little bit different on the show, as you know, yeah. and we want to hear about maybe one of your unsuccessful stories that helped maybe propel you in your career, but something that you struggled or, or even failed at early in your career, or not even so, but something that you remember uh, so we can educate ourselves and learn. I'll tell you that the reason why I love this podcast when I, I discovered it through a mutual friend was because it does ask you about those growing pains. And that's actually where you gain your most knowledge. It's not about the successes. It's actually where you failed at. And I have so many of, of those stories and I won't bore you with all of them, but I do have quite a few of those stories. But I'll tell you about really one of them recently because you never really stop having unsuccess stories unless you've stopped pushing yourself, you know, to grow. Because as you grow, you're going to continue to experience what I call quick failures because you want to quickly fail and move on, you know. And I'll tell you the recent one, <laughs> and I'm happy to tell you about it, is we pivoted into unique stays. Now, unique stays are anything that's not a traditional unit. You're talking about your tiny houses, your RVs, your yurts your, you know, houseboats, we have out here, train cabooses, things like that, that you could turn into short-term rental and and they accept that as one of those platforms. So we decided, hey, the numbers are saying there's a market here. There, especially after COVID, 
it was kind of trending before COVID and that was for a reason, but after COVID, specifically that market started to trend along with tertiary, tertiary markets, right? And so we pivoted into unique spaces and the first one we launched was our stay called the Relentless Raven, which is actually themed after Edgar Allan Poe. So if you ever on my website, check that out. But Edgar Allan Poe's the, the Raven tiny house, first tiny house. And so we applied, we tried to apply the systems that we already used to this particular acquisition, which didn't quite work. Now, the first thing, this is for all real estate, you know, and professionals. We tried to test that 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 old adage that location, location, location is what matters. So we were looking at, okay, we want to get this tiny house. There's a trend that says that that the away from the metro areas is trending in these tertiary markets or these rural markets, really. And we want to see whether we can get away with building something spectacular because the uh, Raven is pretty spectacular if you look at it. And would that get us the same returns without the analysis? Because the thing is, the tools don't catch up necessarily with those areas until you have enough competition out there because they're based on competitive historical data. And so if we if we don't have that, what do you do? Do you take a risk? It's a risk, right, to go in those, those areas. So what we did was specifically outside of the, the national parks, we took what the national park visitation numbers look like, and we tried to lean on that as to give us an idea of what demand would look like for that particular area and whether we should go into it or not. Not necessarily a good, a good measure. And the reason I say that is because we didn't take time into factors. So you could build something spectacular, but if it's away from those metro areas that show up on the analysis normally as somewhere with high, you know, high demand, you need more time to bring in the returns, pad in more times to bring in the returns that you're looking for. You will get them, but it has to get to a specific type of market. And we did not take that into consideration. So if you have the time, great. To go after those markets, go after that that area that says, okay, this has potential, but there's not enough numbers out here. But it's always back to location, location, location. Location is still king. And we learned that hard. We moved that tiny house. The first time we moved it, we moved it to the Rio Grande area. And, and uh, it sounds beautiful, right? The Rio Grande area right off in the area outside of Albuquerque. And it was an hour, about an hour away, not quite, about 40, 45 minutes away from Albuquerque. So we were banking on that this area would do good, but all we had was Albuquerque numbers. But we had this unique stay that that was great on its own. It had a built-in escape room and all of this spectacular stuff. And we were able to uh, select that filter on the OTAs, which are online travel agency websites, that we were unique. But guess what? Crickets. Crickets for the first 30 days, you don't want that, especially if you're dealing with investment funds, you're trying to return as quickly as possible. So we ended up moving it to somewhere that had stronger numbers and a stronger location outside of right outside of Santa Fe. We even call it Santa Fe. And it is booked out for the next 90 days because it is spectacular. It's a spectacular thing to see. And it's in a great location. Yeah. Well, and it sounds like you know, from what you're going through, you know, when you're looking at, 
you know, something similar. Maybe it's in the ballpark of what, you know, still a short-term rental, which is y'all's specialty, but you're pivoting to a slightly different type of short-term rental Mm -hmm. that you can't assume that your processes and systems that have been tried and true on everything else you've done are necessarily going to transfer over to a different type of investment property, even if it's in the same asset class. Absolutely. You know, I'm going to tell you, Cody, you hit the nail on the head because not only was the location uh, the thing that we tested and that didn't go so well, that was not a success story. It was applying a process of how do you set up because now you're dealing with more than than just the interior setup. You're dealing with what does the external connections look like? You had this tiny house that was built in Michigan. Now it's all the way in New Mexico. Is it even a proper fit? We had none of that outlined in our process. We do now, but we had none of it. And the way that we would acquire you know, property is we would never deploy one of our core people. We would send out what we call a runner. This is someone who just goes out, they take, they take pictures and they tell us, they confirm you know, that this is what you see it is online and then we proceed. That didn't work. <laughs> you know, that didn't work because now you're dealing with more of, you're looking at the land, not necessarily the unit. It was going to a place that had been a mobile home park that had been converted into a tiny house community. All we saw was that it was a tiny house community. We had no idea that there was indicators that was still there that this is a tiny transitional mobile home park. Those things impact your guest experience. So again, that part of our process didn't work as well. Well, and I think, you know, the the successful thing I heard in, in taking this failure, if you will, is, is that you reevaluated your process. And yeah. as y'all are evaluating to continue this part of your portfolio, your processes have shifted. So you have yes. process A for your normal short-term rentals. You have process B for your unique stays. And you've learned something that is a different type of process, different systems, different people that you need to deploy and leverage to make this thing work. I think for you and what I heard is, at least with this property, maybe different for like more traditional single family type short-term rentals, you could pick it up and move it. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. I heard what I heard is multiple exit strategies. So yeah. I, I would maybe caution people and correct me if I'm wrong, that if your house is not able to be moved, or if it is a more traditional short-term rental, that your processes and systems need to include some sort of multiple exit strategy, or you need to validate your processes and systems to test the market and the viability prior to investing your own or even other investors' money. Oh my goodness. You're like just steps ahead of me because that is absolutely the truth. That is what it forced us to do in a military they do something called an AAR, which is an after action review of any type of operation that you do, right? And we do kind of the same thing in the, you know, in the in our company. What went right? What didn't go so right? And how can we improve that? And so we do, you know, feel as though we're one of the leaders in this particular area because we're laying down these systems that will be applicable to any that could be applicable to anyone who's trying to deploy this same type of asset. It's another thing you mentioned, Cody, that I wanted to just reiterate that was actually very important before we decided to pivot because we had to do the business plan on this. In the business plan, we state specifically verbatim that all the unique stays must be mobile. 
They must be mobile because of what we we understand and what we know about short-term rentals is that short-term rentals by themselves as an asset class by themselves are very volatile. So if we could control whether it could be moved or not, this is the time and this is the place and this is the vehicle to, to control that. And so you brought that up, which is actually very pivotal to, to the, the business plan that we set up for our unique space. Well, and I love that because that's different than what I've heard from more traditional short-term rentals, which is always validate it. It's viable as a long-term rental or maybe even like a medium-term type rental is you need to underwrite it that way and just everything from a short-term rental is icing on the cake because who knows what city council or, or hopefully if you're not that's in true. HOA, but if an HOA decides, hey, no more short-term rentals in the neighborhood, yes. you're kind of you're out of luck. That's, so, tr- that's true for traditional and still true for traditional units. Yeah. So you built that process and you've eliminated that that outlier in your process yes. to say, listen, I, we don't have to deal with this external cause and effect. We'll just move it and put it somewhere else that does have a viable option. So yeah. Tamara, I, I would love to sit here and talk to you all day. I've already taken yeah. up so much of your time. You've been so oh, gracious. Yeah. Folks, if you are not following Tamara, you can already tell she is a wealth of knowledge. Please go out and do so. Tamara, where can they find you at on the interwebs to make sure they're following, getting all your great stuff and content? Yeah, a good place to follow us is just go to our website at bucketlistdays.co, not .com, bucketlistdays.co. There are actually three different signups there. There's one for people that are just interested in traveling as we build your bucket bucket list for you. And then there's also a signup for people that are interested in passive investment opportunities in the form of a vacation rental you know, asset. And then there's also a sign up for people that have properties that would like to turn that property into a short term rental in which we would take and lease that property or we do lease the owns as well. And we would take that property and convert it into a short term. Absolutely. Absolutely. Love that. Folks, again, if you're not following Tamara, go to the website, sign up, take a look around and make sure you're getting all of her great stuff. I cannot thank you enough for joining us today. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on, picking your brain and learning as much as I could from you. Thank you so much, Cody. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely. And hey, everyone listening and watching at home, we appreciate you. And thank you for all you provide to us. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to the Real Estate Unsuccess Stories podcast with Cody Lewis. Be sure to subscribe today on your favorite podcasting platform so you can catch every episode of the Real Estate Unsuccess Stories podcast.